Alright, it is uh, recording. So just start whenever you want. I'm also eating right. <laughs> okay, anyways, go ahead. <laughs> Make sure to keep that part in. <laughs> Welcome to Bunker to Bunker. My name's Abby, and on the other line we have Alex. Hey, buddy, how you doing? <sighs> Good. <laughs> Uh, that was right, me so, uh, uh, sipping like a, a like a, a cup of noodle soup kind of thing, ramen very soup. Nice. Thing. Very nice, very nice. Uh, so where where in the world is uh, Carmen San Diego right now? I'm in Tokyo. Okay, very nice. Yep, I'm, I just uh, came for the weekend for a, a, a short vacation. Well, it's it's not that like I know that <laughs> you might think that it's like oh yeah I'm in Hong Kong like I'll just take a quick trip up to Tokyo like but that that isn't like a pretty like short flight is it? It was like four hours. Oh okay, so, well, that's not that's not, not too bad. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't um, want to turn this podcast into me bragging about my traveling, but I will say uh, so. I'll I'll try to keep it short, but is by far the best like one day in a place i've ever had it was amazing tokyo is awesome wait so you're only in you were only in tokyo for one day well i'm gonna be here most of tomorrow too but i'm just saying like the 24 hours or a little over that i've been here has been just incredible and i and i stack it up against anywhere else that i've ever been it's a really cool place i don't know tell me about it man what what have you i I don't want to like well i so i'll i'll keep it to like a minute or less uh okay i it's like a national holiday here, so they had all these like traditional uh, like ceremonies, and I didn't know it, so I just went to this temple, like a, just a dumb tourist, like ooh, you know, go look at the temple. And then there was all this like shit going on at the temple. That was pretty cool. And then I ate the most amazing sushi I've ever eaten. Uh, by Did far. you go to like, the and, and fish market? No, uh, I'm not getting up at. I'm not. I just decided I'm not getting up at four a.m. <laughs> so. But uh, I did. I did eat. So this place is like, because of this holiday, uh, most places aren't open. But this one place was open, and uh, apparently, basically, I got really lucky to get into a place with the same day reservation. They normally take like months in advance to get in, and it was really, really. It was like you know, ten people at a sushi bar with a sushi chef, and it was just absolutely amazing food. Did uh, you go to Jiro? Is are you going to tell me that you went to Jiro Dream Sushi? <laughs> I mean, it was basically, it was like that without being that exact place. It was a guy who's been making sushi since 1979. That's all he's been doing. And he doesn't have any uh, assistant chefs or anything. So he buys all his own fish. He makes his own rice. He personally prepares every piece of sushi that you make. And then uh, and then he, on top of it all, he's like just a pretty like entertaining guy. Uh, so he kind of talks to you while he's making your food and tells you about his stuff. It was just amazing. I don't know how else to... Describe it was really really good, and then uh, and yeah, it was like a it was a similar setup where it was basically one bar and you know ten people or whatever, so it was amazing. Uh, and well, I, there's a good story from that though. So I was at this place, and um, it was like some Japanese people, and then there was this group of people from uh, like maybe five people from LA, and it was the most like uh, per- everything that I th- I thought I didn't like about people from the west coast was confirmed in this like very <laughs> short very short anecdote which was okay uh this guy <laughs> this guy goes so like they usually say that like 
the rice is the canvas and the fish is the paint. <laughs> but I think with this, the sushi is the canvas and the rice is the paint. <laughs> said that with a he said that with a straight face, like he meant that. He meant it's, what it's he said. A, that, so that's funny because um, I don't. Uh, do you remember? He also when, had a man um, bun. <laughs> this is exactly what they made fun of in um, This Is the End. Do you remember uh, when? Uh, so there's a scene where like Jay and um, and Seth end up at you know James Franco's house, and uh, and like James is like, hey Seth, look at the art I made of like you know like it does like James Franco and it said um, you know Seth Rogen or something on a piece of art, and uh, yeah. and so then Franco asks Jay like, what do you think of the art or whatever, and he's like, oh I'm not really into art. <laughs> what do you think, Jay? I'm not a big art guy. You don't like art? Uh, well, come on now. Do you play video games? Yes. Well, guess what, buddy? You like art? Uh, yep. You ever been to Subway? Yes. You order a sandwich? Somebody put that together for you, dude. That's sandwich. art. Sandwich artist. Let me lay this on you, Jay. Oh, fuck. Your mama's pussy was the canvas. Your dad's dick was the paintbrush. Boom. You're the art. Huh? Thanks, James Franco. You got it. This guy literally uh, at the end of the meal goes, "You're an artist, man." <laughs> <laughs> to the to the sushi guy, it was so funny. Oh my god! I was oh like, god. it was embarrassing. So he was he was yeah. making a bad name for all of. I was just very politely, you know, just saying thank you and asking simple questions, you know. And then there's this bro, L.A. bro with a man bun <laughs> and his yeah. friends, James Franco, you know, wannabe, the guy that James Franco is yeah. making fun of in this is the end. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so yeah, I did a bunch of other stuff, but it was an awesome day, and Tokyo is one of the coolest places I've ever been. I really like it. That's funny. Um, well, I have my own uh, slight uh, uh, restaurant uh, story as well, so we can get into that. But um, I was going to ask you, did you watch the Super Bowl at all? Because you were in Hong Kong, so did you get a chance to watch it? This was like maybe the best Super Bowl I've ever seen. Uh, I kind of had, so I had it on, but I wasn't really watching yeah, you know, okay. it was at work. Like it was like nine in the morning, so I was able to stream it, but I couldn't like, you know, like cheer or react or anything. So I kind of saw a little bit of what was going on, and then yeah. I watched the highlights. So, oh my god, it. it was ridiculous. Uh, and uh, yeah, but anyway, um, so we had uh, we had our like snowmageddon here in Boston. We had like twenty inches of snow um, the other day, and so I uh, I ended up going to work anyway. Um, and just stayed at work because I was like, well, I'm not going to drive through like the blizzard to go home. I'm just going to stay and like wait the snow out. So anyway, I'm leaving, you know, around dinner time, um, to head home. And I was like, oh shit, I forgot. I don't have any food uh, at home. Like, you know, I maybe have some like steamed vegetables or something in the in the freezer or whatever. But I can, um, you know. So I was like, right, well, I'm going to see if there's like any restaurants open. So as I was driving home, there's like this really nice Italian place uh, in my neighborhood that. Um, Sometimes I drive by and and I just drove by and was like, I wonder if they're open today. And I saw that they were open, so I decided to go in. And so I, I ordered, uh, a, you know, what I would call broccoli rob. Um, but uh, the the person, the waitress that came over, she's like, she asked me as I was eating my broccoli rob. She was like, "How's your broccoli robbie?" And I, <laughs> it really it really confused me because I was like, "Oh shit, have I been like?" Am I like, you know, some dumb Midwesterner that just, you know, pronounces things totally wrong and doesn't realize that it's called Broccoli Robbie? Um, so uh, how do you pronounce Broccoli Rob? It's Broccoli Rob. But did she do it like, was she like, 
How is Signora Broccoli arriving, Mr. Santi? <laughs> Did she do it like that? Because then maybe it would so be okay. It's, it's, it was funny because everything, because that was basically what happened was like, that was the only thing that like she Italianized. Uh, everything else was like American. And like, then she comes over and she's like, how's she your like, Would you like some gabagool? Gabagool, gabagool. <laughs> hey, Paulie. Hey, uh, Paulie. Hey, Paulie. I got two gabagool. Come on, oh, stupid joke. Yeah, like basically <laughs> soprano shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I yeah. Anyway, so I think I'm gonna go with broccoli robbed because that's what I've been calling my whole life. But uh, but yeah, it was it was funny. It reminded me of a story you told me once of like uh, a recruit that like, uh, and I don't know if this is something we're gonna cut out of the podcast eventually. But like, you had somebody that was interviewing you guys and like had it a completely American accent, um, even though she wasn't from America. Uh, on on every word except for the word consulting, which she you know uh, didn't use the 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 L properly. Yeah, I'm not going to do an impression because I feel like that might be <laughs> a, line I, a line I shouldn't cross. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll probably have to cut this part <laughs> out of the podcast. <laughs> Plus, I don't want to uh, anyway. our Asian listeners like you know. Yeah, that's an important segment of our fan base. <laughs> yeah, uh, anything up right, here? Man, well, let's. Yeah. Well, speaking of Asians, let's talk about, you know, the uh, best Asian golfer on tour, uh, Tiger Woods, and uh, we'll get we'll get there. So um, so uh, we're going to talk about Hideki, but I, I want to talk about Tiger um, right away because uh, I don't know. You, you, I'm sure you saw the news that he's pulled out of both the Genesis Open and the Honda Classic. Uh, yeah, I saw that. That is literally all I know, though. So I well, don't know. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, that's bad, uh, obviously, but I don't. Yeah, I don't have too much more like detail on what happened is there more uh sort of backstory that we should discuss that you know before we talk about it um i don't know it's not i mean the backstory is the guy wanted to play 16 rounds of golf he ended up playing three he's not qualified for the wgc in mexico city he's not gonna play if there's an opposite field event you know like puerto rico or something he's not gonna play that um and so like the next possible tournament he might play is the valspar championship which is down in florida He'll probably play the Arnold Palmer Bay Hill, and you know, because that's going to be like a major tournament this year. With um, obviously the passing of Arnold Palmer last year, um, he's not qualified, and he probably won't qualify for the WGC match play. And then he's got the Shell Houston Open before the Masters, and so uh, uh, you know, uh, it's it, it's crazy that like he might play. I mean, he's probably going to play the Masters. Like, there's no way he doesn't play the Masters because you know, Tiger Woods isn't going to not show up at Augusta National, but he might only play one more time between now and then, which might be the Arnold Palmer Bay Hill. And um, it's just, it's, it's crazy because it, it just sort of puts into perspective the idea that like, I think we were all excited about the comeback and that he had taken his time and he had been methodical about it. And regardless of this is a back issue or if this is, um, you know, just being embarrassed about not playing so well, um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's terrible either way that we're not getting the tiger that I think we really wanted to have. Do we do we know? Is it did they say because of his back, or did they just it, say, it, did he just withdraw? He, he he just withdrew. He just said you know he wasn't he wasn't ready to play those tournaments. Yeah, it's. I feel like he, he, I don't. I, I feel like he's hurt, or is you know whatever. He's physically not ready, which is to me more frustrating than anything. Like, I don't know. I feel like like I kind of went on this rant last time, but he he could have known this before he embarked on his journey, right? Like it's not 
it's not impossible to simulate the physical demands of being on tour. So I, I just a little bit annoyed that this is, and, and kind of frustrated, I guess, as a fan that he, um, you know, basically said all the right things to make you think he has a, has another run in him. He's doing it the right way this time. He's taking his time back, all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and then he, it appears as if he hasn't changed his like habits at all and came back way too early. But you know, it's, I, I, I get what you're saying on that, but on that last point, it's like, maybe, I don't know. It felt like he had given himself more than enough time, but then, you know, I was listening to, um, the Bill Simmons podcast earlier this week and he had Steve Kerr on there and Kerr said something along the lines of like, um, you know, I would say that getting back surgery should be a, like the last thing you ever possibly do. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really, really against anybody getting back surgery because, um, you know, it can, it can really, really screw up your back. And, uh, and in this case, you know, Tiger Woods has had four knee surgeries and three back surgeries. Um, and so maybe, maybe this is, maybe this, this is what, you know, I don't know why we should expect Tiger Woods to be any good. Like if you've had three back surgeries, he, well, maybe you're just it, not going to be good. My issue is, my issue is he's not managing X. Ex- I, I don't, if he's not ever physically going to be even close to the same, then we shouldn't expect him to be any good, but he hasn't like the, the issue isn't that he has these injuries. It's that he uh, keeps, he's telling people he's feeling great and in full health and he's not like testing his health. And then he's going out there and uh, you know, turns out he's not ready. Like, yeah, the issue isn't like that he had, that he has health issues. It's the way that he's, managing his schedule and public perception and all that it's just and again it's not like i'm not uh, i don't care that i mean at the end i'm more just sad that he's not going to be playing and maybe not ever going to be good again um than anything else but it's just annoying i just wish he would have it's not that hard to figure out if your body can do something or not you know yeah yeah it's um i don't know it's 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 bad I uh, I don't know. I, I guess uh, I guess maybe we transition from here to um. To, well, do you think uh, he'll you know. do you think he'll play again this year? Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I mean that bookie that you know that European bookie that had all those crazy odds that we're like, oh my god, that's so he's so wrong. All those things are starting to come true. So I don't know. Um, is he going to play again this year? Uh. Yeah, I mean, I have to imagine that he'll he'll show up at Bay Hill. Um, if he is at all healthy, because it's Arnold Palmer, and if not, he'll definitely show up at the Masters, because you know these guys never want to miss a major. Just even in the rare chance they somehow catch lightning in a bottle, they'll you know they want to be there. So yeah, I think he plays again, um, but I just I'm just you know totally out on the idea that Tiger Woods is going to ever win, <clears throat> you know, more than a tournament or two, more than like you know. I don't. I you know. I think I was very optimistic that he had two or three majors in him, and you know, ten or fifteen wins. Yeah, I'm just totally out on that idea. I just don't. I don't. I don't see it happening. I don't. I don't think you can have as many back surgeries and knee surgeries and as emotional letdowns as he's had, um, and and somehow you know sort of overcome all that scar tissue, both physical and mental. Yeah. Uh, so, how many rounds of golf do you think Tiger will play this year? Uh, well, he 
wanted to play 16 rounds over this last period of time. He got three in. So let's say uh, he only going to play one fifth of what I would have originally thought. I would have originally thought that he would have played like, you know, maybe like 10 tournaments this year. Um, so that'd been like 40 rounds. So maybe a fifth of that is like eight. So I'm going to say like he plays uh, eight, eight more rounds of golf. So that's like four, 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 um, four tournaments all missing the cut. Yeah. I don't know if I, I that's a good number. I would, I guess, I don't know. That'd be a hard one to bet. I'd probably pick the under, but I don't know. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's a, but that's where it's, that's where we're at. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's single digits. Like if you told me like 10 or 12, I'd definitely be like under, you know, like, yeah. Uh, cause there's only so much humiliation he can take and then he'll, you know, if he keeps playing terribly and withdrawing from stuff, you know, it's not like he's going to keep coming back to the well. So, uh, I don't know. Wow. That's a bummer. Well, I don't know. Let's talk about, uh, someone who's playing really well. Um, let's touch base on, uh, Hideki Matsuyama. So, um, so I don't know if you saw that, uh, Hideki, Beat uh, Webb Simpson on the fourth playoff hole to come from four shots down to win the Phoenix Open for the second time in a row. It's the, um, uh, like I said, second uh, second year in a row. He's won the event, and he is just on an absolute tear. It's his fifth victory in nine worldwide starts. I'm sorry, in his last nine worldwide starts. So he's gone first, second, first, 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 second, T27, T33, first in his last nine events. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I guess he can putt, right? That's the, that's the, that's the thing. Is like he was, you know, last year, for example, he was playing at that level, everything except for around the greens. Basically, he was playing at a like a, a dominant, you know, version of golf. Um, so yeah, I, I guess it's it's still early season stuff. St- you know, you still want to see him sort of like cut his teeth in a. a like a, a you know a major or a players championship or one of the really like top flight events, but um, all indications are that he'd probably do well in those too. And the other thing I was thinking about is so he's won the he's he's like clutch performer at the Phoenix Open, which has like massive and raucous crowds. And so you know if uh, like if I'm kind of nervous that he might not be able to, uh, you know maybe might not be able to like perform under the pressure. Well. That's like a that's like a pretty high pressure environment in a sense, like at least in the audience sense. So uh, he seems to kind of like I don't know. He he might be a good. He's probably a good bet for uh, the Masters right now. Like he's he's probably uh, you know he 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 seems like someone who could really like break out in a big tournament this year um, and not just be one of those like early season all stars. One of those Justin Thomases. Yeah. Well, um, a couple thoughts. Uh, so. Uh, so the first thing is that I, I agree with you that Hideki um, is, is putting better, but I actually have uh, some stats here that I pulled on that because I wanted to see if like Hideki's really, really putting that much better or if it's, um, um, you know, like what happened this tournament. And then um, quickly on the Masters odds, so I'll come back to that in a second, on the Masters odds, uh, it's interesting that uh, Hideki is now tied with Rory and DJ <clears throat> and Justin Dustin Johnson for the second best odds, I think at 10 to one. And, uh, I think Spieth is still number one at eight to one. And, um, it's interesting also because I think basically those five golfers, 
you know, last year were probably in this same position, except for Hideki. And what we had last year was Ricky Fowler. And it was like, you know, had Ricky won the Phoenix Open, I'm, I'm wondering if like, you know, Ricky goes on the kind of run that, you know, Hideki has, uh, because it, it kind of felt like at the time, you know, Hideki was the up and comer. Ricky was like the guy that was supposed to be the next young guy to like take over and have this have this run. And 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 Ricky, you know, it's not like he's playing terrible golf or anything. He's still, you know, top 10, top 20 player in the world and, you know, still really good. And um, but it's, it's interesting that Hideki is sort of since last year, this time, you know, beating him in the playoff. It, this is the exact you know position that Hideki's put himself in and that Ricky, you know, it, it's almost like he, he sort of stole Ricky's Ricky's thunder a little bit. Uh, yeah, I had never thought of them as competing for a similar, but yeah, he, but his career in Ricky, okay, his career is probably better than Ricky, it objectively is probably better than Ricky's, but they're not drastically different yet. You know, yeah. It's still to be determined yeah. which of those two, uh, if either of them, you know, uh, like really break through and, and become like one of the all time greats or something. So, yeah. but yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, uh, he's, He's poised. It's it's cool. It's cool that I mean, I think it's good for golf, and I think it's 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 interesting to have Hideki be good. Like he's he's different, you know. And like we always talk about being annoyed with like Spieth <laughs> and Spieth-like players that are all from the same background, and all, they're all like you know Southern, uh, you know, like good old uh, boys. Yeah, Southern and. Uh, advantaged or something, right? There's a there's a demo of pro golfer, and and it's nice to have somebody that's just outside that demo. Even though he, who knows, could be he could be whatever the Japanese equivalent of that is. But right. still, we're getting like a totally different uh, a person, right. you know, a person from another country, a non English speaking country, like you know, outside of you know Europe and North America, that's poised to like potentially have a really dominant year. So I I I think it's cool. I hope he I hope he kind of does well and like i said i'd really love to see him in a you know in a major or like kind of in you know in a showdown with like a in a really big moment where and, and especially i'd like to see how it goes when i'd like to just see how uh his kind of reputation and stuff develops as uh he plays like on a bigger national stage right like in a major where now it's the average golf fan that's watching hideki matsuyama you know and i and and you know, it's like Sports Center and stuff like that. Like, I, I would like to see how how it kind of plays out with him. Um, you know, being at that level, being at that kind of Rory, you know, level, even if it's just for a little bit. So, yeah, I think it's cool. I hope he. I, I'm totally pulling for him to be uh, to have like a big year this year. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. So, two quick thoughts. One is, uh, I think the way I would describe Speed's friends are guys that would have been like the um, like the recruitment chair, or the social chair for SAE down at like Missouri. You're my boy, Blue! <laughs> uh, some, some SEC school. Uh, and then uh, in terms of Hideki, I do think that we're going to start to hear like, I, and, and it's probably going to annoy me, but there's probably going to be like some, you know, it's going to be like this, oh, we have like a big four, big five golfers. And it's great that they're all located across the country. You know, we got Rory representing Europe. You've got Jordan Spieth and Dustin Johnson representing America. And you've got, uh, You've got Jason Day representing Australia, and you've got Hideki representing all of Asia. You know, I, I think there's something that uh, I, I, I'm guaranteeing that you know there's going to be some Jimmy Roberts cutaway that has to talk about this at some point in the next week or two. 
So yeah, I'm sure golf will pat itself. You know, Dan Dan Hicks will you know, <laughs> jerk himself off to the fact that golf's a global game now. So yeah, yeah I, I, I I'm sure that will be annoying, but there is some truth yeah. to it. Underneath it, there is some truth to the fact that. Uh, I, not not because like not from like a growing the game perspective, but just from me as a fan perspective, I think it's more interesting when you get people from when you get the best people from all over the world competing. I just think it's like a more. I think that's that's a, a something that's cool about the NBA uh, is you've got all these like right, international right, players yeah. and international talent and different personalities that come along with that. And so I, I just as a fan, I like that it's happening, but. Yeah, it's not from like the perspective of like, oh, we're you know we're really growing the game in uh, China or whatever. <laughs> I guess that's not. I guess that's not really happening anymore. That China has now that China has like, you know, re re uh, ban like I guess reinstated their ban on building golf courses. <laughs> right, right. Um, so uh, on that uh, strokes gained, uh, so I did some uh, digging here on strokes gained in for the Phoenix Open. And um, it, I thought it was interesting that Hideki was number one in strokes gained T to green. Um, and if you compared his stats to the guy who was number one in strokes gained putting, which was Daniel Berger, um, you know, they had similar results, but, you know, obviously Hideki won. So overall in the tournament, um, Hideki finished number one, Daniel Berger finished number seven. When it came to strokes gained T to green, Hideki was plus 13. 13 strokes, which was number one on the field, right? He God. gained 13 of his strokes uh, from tee to green. And then um, Berger, who finished like 40-ish in the um, strokes gained tee to green, he only gained like uh, one stroke tee to green. Okay. On the flip side. Plus, yeah. plus 13 is outrageous. So right. so the the let's say the very best player – that year, at the end of the year, finishes what maybe plus three or plus four, something like that. Maybe in that it might even be high, but like it's it's like low single digits, right? At the end of right. the year, if you look at who leads in strokes gained, right? Uh, you know, it's kind of their average across all. It's like three or four. So he's, I mean, just as a just for context, that is an insane performance. He must have been just absolutely like striping the ball. Like I would love to see how that ranks. I should like tweet Justin Ray, but like I'd love to see how that ranks against like <laughs> right. uh, like single tournament strokes gained performances because that's right. wild to me. Right. So then, then if you look at strokes gained putting, um, where Berger was number one, uh, Berger had eight and a half strokes gained on the um, you know putting o- over the whole tournament. So you know I do think that obviously individual tournaments are going to have a lot more strokes gained in an individual performance than they will when you start to average them obviously across the the year. So. You know, I, I'm sure that these swings are are pretty typical, but um, but the strokes game putting for Hideki Matsuyama, who was also in the mid 40s, um, was only was basically zero strokes. It was like plus point zero three three, so not even a stroke, not even one stroke. He he basically putted average, and he made all of his strokes tee to green, and that's why he won the tournament. Yeah, but I mean, I think the thing is that he couldn't putt average for a very long time. So that sure. you know, it's like, it's it's getting to average is a huge deal for him. And yeah. So yeah, it's it it, it it it. I mean, that's awesome. That's like, uh, that, that is interesting. I mean, I, I yeah, I'd be curious to see like, you know, when other players of a similar style, uh, you know, ball striking long hitter type players that don't have a reputation for short game, like when they win, I I bet they have a similar stat line. 
where they do it all like like Rory. I mean, sometimes yeah. he gets hot with a putter, but like you know, I feel like a lot of his where he gains his strokes is tee to green. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I could. That, that is interesting, though. Yeah, I think it's just crazy to think that. Okay, of Hideki's seventeen under, right? So he he gained seventeen strokes on the field, and I don't know if that's he might have gained a little less than seventeen strokes on the field because you know once you take out the guys that missed the cut, the field probably averaged like a minus two or minus three overall. So maybe there's you know maybe there's I don't know fourteen fifteen strokes to be gained on the field in his performance. Thirteen of them come from strokes gained tee to green, and all. All he has to do is not be a bad putter. As long as he's close to average, he's probably going to have the kind of run that he's having right now. And it's just that's crazy to me because it seems like it's a lot more sustainable to continue playing tee to green the way that he's playing. Uh, whereas putting always seems kind of variable. Like you can have it one week or not have it one week. But you know the the way that he's playing makes me think that like to your point earlier about master of the Masters and frankly any any tournament he has coming up. This guy is going to be somewhere in the top 10, you know, lurking because he's just that good tee to green. Yeah. Yeah. Again, just hope he doesn't because we know that even the best golfers go through kind of cycles. Uh, Hopefully he's still peaking, at least going into the early season big time tournaments. You know, I I really hope that's the case because that would be you're right. If he's playing like he is now, he's probably a favorite in, in most tournaments that he plays. Yeah. Well, all right. So why don't we transition to uh, the tournament that's happening right now, which is the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. So uh, talking about the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. So last year, this was the tournament that Vaughn Taylor won, which I remember, I think we talked a little bit about like the journeyman storyline that was happening. Like, you know, I think anytime a Vaughn Taylor type wins, it's always like, oh, we're so proud of the journeyman for winning. But um, anyway, the field this year has it was really, really strong. Um, so Jason Day, DJ Spieth, Reed, Mickelson, um, and and everybody actually seems to be playing pretty well. So um, Spieth currently leads at minus ten, but there's a lot of guys lurking. So you've got Jason Day at minus nine, Reed at minus seven, Sneds minus five, Tony Finau minus five, DJ minus four, Rom minus four, um, Lowry minus four, Phil minus one, Rose minus one. So a lot of a lot of um, really good players playing in this tournament. Um, and the other thing about that's unique about this tournament is that they have obviously a ton of amateurs and celebrities that play in the, uh, in the, uh, in the tournament. So I, I got a list of like, who are some of the biggest amateurs that are playing? Um, I'm sure you could guess most of them, but, um, but anyway, I, I, any thoughts on, on Pebble beach and, um, and, and the tournament and, and what's going on so far. Uh, I look forward every year to when Clint Eastwood gets to, uh, ramble like a <laughs> senile old man on, on TV for like, <laughs> 15 minutes because he's somehow involved with this thing. Phil Harris and then the great stewardship for so many years for this tournament from the great local resident that is Clint Eastwood. Clint, you've had a busy year, you know, since since we saw you last year, you've released two films that you directed, Jersey Boys and of course American Sniper. Congratulations and tremendous success. Thank you. Well, it's a pleasure doing both of them and uh, American Sniper's out there now. In fact, I think it's being profiled on CBS tonight on 60 Minutes. <laughs> you, you want to read the rest of the promos here yeah. the rest of the day? Go <laughs> ahead. This. <laughs> <laughs> this is a little bit too many words for me. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah. I'm kind of sad I'm missing that, uh, not being able to watch it. Uh, but uh, no, I don't have any thoughts because I haven't watched, which is probably, I'm not a good co host <laughs> right now. But uh, I, so yeah, I don't have like, I don't have any like, thoughts on the tournament. This is one of my favorite tournaments of the year. 
So yeah. I'm kind of bummed that I'm not watching it. But um, yeah, I I don't have much like much to add on that. Who are some of the celebrities? Who are, are there any like? So, yeah. So any, why don't you start any, anything guessing. entertaining on the celebrity slide? I have a couple. Yeah. So why don't you guess a couple? Well, it's of usually these. football players, right? Like, don't yeah. they usually get a lot of the football? So it's like. Like, I don't know who, because there's this one, and then there's the one that they play in Lake Tahoe, and I kind of get them mixed up. But, like, the football players, and then, like, pitcher, baseball pitchers tend to be in this a lot, too. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, I don't know, like, I don't know who the, it's like, uh, I know, like, uh, Aaron Rodgers shows up in these things. Yep, I know, Number, uh, that's it, there you go. Um, there's going to be, there's uh, going to be a, a, sometimes shows up. I don't know if Romo's in it, but he sometimes he's injured. shows up in these he's, things. He's injured, so Alex he's not. Alex Smith. Alex yep. Smith plays, like, yes, too. yes, exactly. Yep, very good. So you got uh, two of the two quarterbacks, and now there's two legends of the game that played. So one is like a legend, and then the other one's a legend more locally. Uh, Randy Moss. No, it's Peyton Manning and Tim Young. I was thinking of, 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 uh, of <laughs> oh, quarterbacks. locally. Yeah. I yeah. Want, we got to get Randy Moss in this thing. <laughs> like, he could be the Charles Barkley. Like, yeah. He doesn't have to be that good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so obviously Bill Murray's there. Um, is uh, Timberlake? Fitz- is Timberlake yeah. playing? Timber- Timberlake is there. Um, nice. Larry Larry Fitzgerald is there. Toby Keith oh, yeah, is there. Oh yeah, forgot about Fitzgerald. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And then there's a couple that I, I mean. So oh, wait, Mark wait, Wahlberg. Get, uh, who's the? Do they have a uh, the what's the guy? The Allison Chains guy. Uh, you know what I mean? The rock and <laughs> yeah, roll yeah, guy yeah, with black yeah, hair yeah. who's like really yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you're talking about. Uh, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't. Uh, I think it's Alice. This is yeah. Yeah. Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. See it. (laughs) Kenny G. Kenny G. Kenny G. Is it? Yeah. That was one of the ones I was deserving. (laughs) Kenny G. Is in it. Uh, Mark Wahlberg is in there. Ray Romano is in there. And then my favorite. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. I just picture him. You know the uh, the Mark Wahlberg thing. It's like. Uh, you, you ever seen the Andy Samberg, uh, Mark Wahlberg sketches where he's like talking to animals? <laughs> no, no? What, no. What is it? I, I'm going to butcher this. Maybe I'll, I'll slice in the real thing afterwards, but he'll be, <laughs> it's like, he'll be like in the, he's in the, like, uh, you know, in the woods and it'd be like, Hey dear, how's it going? I'm Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> Say hi to your mother for me. And then I'll walk away. Hey donkey, what's going on? You're a donkey. I like that. You eat apples, right? I produce entourage. Okay. Talk to you later, donkey. Now I'm gonna talk to a chicken. Hey, chicken, how's it hanging? A lot of people want to eat you, but I just want to talk to you, okay? We should do a film together. What do you think? Chicken, I'm not joking around, okay? This is the real thing. I mean, this could be huge. All right, well, think about it. Say hi to your mother for me, all right? Now I'm gonna talk to a goat. Hey, goat. It's good to see you. I like your beard. I had a beard like that in The Perfect Storm. Did you see that movie? Did you you see The Perfect Storm, goat? Say hi to your mother for me, okay? This has been Mark Wahlberg Talks to Animals. And then I'll like walk up to another. And I just picture him doing that on the golf, like, you know, saying that to like 
random inanimate objects on the golf course. So I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's uh, so good. We'll, oh my god, we'll, that's hilarious. Yeah, we'll slice in the real clip, but that's uh, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Mark Wahlberg has become uh, a caricature to me. He's no longer like a, <laughs> yeah. he's just a joke now in my mind. But uh, yeah, but yeah. All right, who else? Who's your favorite? Well, my favorite is Huey Lewis is playing. You know, the guy that was, um, you know, the 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 leader of the band that they created for the Animal House uh, movie. Yeah, I know Huey Lewis. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I, I didn't realize that Huey Lewis, that was a band that they literally, like, made up for Animal House, the movie. They, like, put it together. And then those guys were like, oh, they were pretty good. So, like, they, they started, like, touring. And, and, like, it became, like, a big thing. And But Huey Lewis was – was it's, it's kind of like um, if you watch, uh, you know, what is it, The Hangover and, like, The Wedding Singer. You know, it's like the – it's like the – it's maybe not The Wedding Singer, but it's the – it, it, definitely in the hangover there's like that wedding singer that you know that they th- that that band that they have from from the from the hangover yeah they're an actual touring band now you know because of their fame from the movie which i think was interesting so um nice and anyway, uh, Huey lewis was my favorite that i saw there that's good nice uh, yeah i I'm, I'm bummed i missed that i'm missing this because this is the most it's one of the most beautiful on tv tournaments of the year that's yeah the other thing. it that's, is that's well the, it's also that's the, really great it's about also the it. most infuriating because cbs will do everything it can to not show you any golf and just you know it's, it's all fucking cutaways yeah. the whole time so yeah about how they're giving back to the uh, local like uh yeah. uber wealthy community that all these courses are based in yeah yeah uh, anyway um all right well i got a whole bunch of quick hits that we can get through today so why don't we start jumping into a couple of those all right let's do them quick because I'm, I'm i'm flagging a bit here so yeah let's, let's really <laughs> let's really do the, the hits quickly all right so sergio wins uh the omega dubai desert classic last week and then yeah. we find out that um there was a fan that had been tweeting Sergio 200 days in a row saying Sergio you're my favorite golfer can I please caddy for you and apparently uh the fan got his wish after his like 205th tweet at Sergio and Sergio's like sure you can come caddy for me at this like pro-am event you know later on what what a sad man (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of like an analogy in another sport but it's like it's I, I don't know what it would be but he yeah I don't know if he's like Spanish. I'll, I'll let it. I'll I'll give it to him because it's like yeah. you know, like a, a pride, a national pride thing. But if he's not Spanish, then you're just weird, dude. Nobody likes Sergio. Like, well, what you were, you were nobody, 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 nobody likes Sergio enough to like. Nobody's infatuated with Sergio or thinks you know he's when my favorite in, golfer and I would do anything for him. You told me that when you were in Paris, you met up with a couple of Spanish people and they were asking you about Ricky Rubio. Did anybody ask you about yeah. Sergio Garcia? No, <laughs> no, not even. No, I, I, I didn't even think to ask them. That would have been funny. But uh, I don't I don't know. It doesn't seem to be. Uh, oh, don't talk okay. about Rafa Cabrera Bayo either. So it's like, uh, I guess it's just, That's, you know, it's basically the, Nadal, Nadal and, and, and Ricky Rubio are uh, out of the Spanish pride. Yeah. And then soccer. Yeah. <laughs> and lots of soccer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Next one. Uh, so SB2K, uh, those guys were in Scottsdale for the Phoenix Open last week. Um, I think Justin Thomas and Smiley Kaufman missed the cut, but Spieth and Fowler played all right. Um, they apparently snuck away on Saturday night to go watch Steve Aoki and Blink-182 perform a show together. Um, and Whitest one, thing ever. <laughs> yeah, the one was, was <laughs> hilarious that they went and did that, right? Like, you know, 
uh, SAE out in out in Phoenix Open, parting hard. Um, but uh, but the other thing I thought was funny about it was um, there was like all this like old golfer wrinkly ball backlash of like, oh, you know, Spieth and Fowler shouldn't be out tonight because they've got to play this tournament tomorrow. You know, they're not focused on trying to win if they're going out to watch Steve Aoki and and Blink One Eighty Two. Are you kidding me? Like golf. Golfers have been getting hammered and then golfing the next day <laughs> professionally for the last 50 years. Right. This isn't a new thing. Like, yeah. I guess they went to a concert, so that makes it more visible. But like, that's that's like that's just that's like standard operating procedure, you know? Like, I I mean, at least maybe until the last 10 years when people started getting really uh, into like fitness and and realizing that that could give and give them a huge edge. But like, yeah, what a stupid. Come on. But I do think it's – I would love to, to like be a fly on the wall when these guys are like seriously discussing the merits of Blink-182's music, you know? Like, <laughs> bro, like <laughs> – Bro, like when Miss You came out, like I swear to God I cried. Like it was just so good. Like just like <laughs> – Honestly, it's just like lyrically, it's like such a good song. <laughs> I just love to hear that. I just love oh, to hear or or Steve Aoki. Either yeah. one, I'd love to hear yeah. him talk about either of those guys. Uh, you know, it would be hilarious. Um, all right, so I'm gonna uh, keeping on the SB2K theme. A uh, couple guys I want to talk about. So, uh, so Justin, or sorry, no, uh, Smiley was on No Laying Up earlier this week, and he's pretty funny overall. But I think there was a couple of things that he said that I thought were really interesting. So, um, you know how he's, he was paired with Spieth um, at the final round of the Masters last year on Sunday. And he said that uh, while he was waiting for his Masters tea time, because it was like, you know, obviously late in the afternoon, he ended up watching Tin Cup because it was on TV. And, and so he said that that was the worst decision he had made was that he watched Tin Cup before he went out and played the Masters. And it was just like in his head, like he was, you know, switching coins between pockets and thinking too much. Um and so that thought that was funny. And then he also said that he's not a fan of Jim Nance for calling him out for living with his parents and driving around in an old <laughs> Nissan Murano. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, that's the best thing Jim Nance could have did for him. That was yeah. that was that was so that built so much goodwill for him. But uh, so um, I don't know if he said it in like a half hearted joking way. I'm guessing he did. Yeah, that's it was like a little his, bit half hearted personality. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he also said that he thinks at his best he can go toe to toe with guys like Justin Thomas, which. It's good to know. I mean, I, 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 I don't know if I've, I've, we've seen that from Smiley yet, but you know, it's good to know. And then the last thing I thought was hilarious was they asked him, "What golfer skill would you want? You know, if you could take any golfer skill, like if you could have Rory's driver, you know, what would you take?" And and so his answer was he wants Bill Haas's driver. <laughs> so was that like a was that like a, a, a dig at Bill Haas? I don't know. I don't know if it was an inside joke, but he was like, well, I think I'm, I want yeah, a guy Yeah, it seems like an inside hit, joke. He was like, I want a guy that can hit long and straight. And so I think the guy that has the best combination of that is Bill Haas. I want Bill Haas's driver. And I was like, wow, that is I, the most unexpected answer I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think, you know, he's he's pretty good. And he. Ha- I feel like every golfer has to think that they can beat every other golfer when they're playing their best. Otherwise, yeah. it's like they're they're mentally defeated, you know. Right. They all kind of have to have that mindset. <clears throat> right. Um, all right. So then, uh, speaking. Uh, so one one more hit on SB2K was that Jordan Spieth. It's funny. Uh, he he showed some balls this week, and I kind of like it. Like 
So I don't know if you saw, but um, he was coming off a practice round or maybe his first round at Pebble Beach. And there was some big like skirmish that was happening where like people were yelling at Spieth and Spieth was yelling back. And so he got in the press conference room and he was talking about it. And apparently what had happened was that um, a bunch of people came up asking for his autograph, which happens obviously at, at the end of any tournament or whatever. And so he's signing things and, you know, a bunch of like old men that he recognized like have mem- sports memorabilia that they're going to go on and sell on eBay immediately after he signs it are, are in there. So he tells him like, no man, I'm not signing anything for you. I'm going to only sign for these, for these kids here. And, uh, and so apparently those guys, you know, started yelling at him saying something like, you know, you're, uh, you know, um, you're not tiger woods and, you know, don't act like you're all tiger woods or whatever. And so I thought it was interesting because uh, in the tournament, uh, in the, um, sorry, in the uh, press conference afterwards, he ended up calling those guys scums. He told them to go get a job. He said, uh, you know what? You're right. I'm not Tiger Woods, and yet you still want my autograph. So what's that say about you? And I was like, okay, this is the first time I think I've ever seen Spieth. Like, even if like I don't totally agree with everything you're saying, you just drop some personality bombs, and I, and I kind of like it. Uh, yeah. Okay, we'll give him points for not um, – being like a robot, but I don't <laughs> yeah. like. I, go get a job is one of the worst. That one, I know that one that, was. That, that, that's such a shitty thing to say. Because yeah, usually people would would. I mean, there are exceptions, but generally speaking, like people would have better jobs if they could have better jobs. You know what I mean, <laughs> right. like I, I mean, there's there's that's not for everybody, but a lot of people, I think that's the case. I don't go get a job thing. It's like I don't know, man. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like, I, I agree with you. I guess it's like good that he's, I mean, I don't know that that's one of those quotes where, uh, you know, all the, all, uh, his dad's friends at the country club in Dallas are like, you know, yeah, tell him Jordan, <laughs> you know, like, get a job, you loser. You know, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I saw that. I did see this and I thought, uh, you're right. Points for not being like a total robot, but, uh, I'm not a big uh, that you know, whatever. I guess it yeah. just it reinforces who he is. But sure, uh, I don't, sure, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, all right. So a couple other quick hits. So uh, I I'm sure you're going to be excited that Mayuara is coming to a store near you. So some guy named Howard Mildstein, who's the co-chairman of the Nicholas Companies and apparently runs the New York Private Bank and Trust, um, acquired the rights to distribute Mayuara Golf in the U.S. and abroad. So he 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 worked with you know the you know, your, your Japanese friend, um, in Tokyo and said, you make samurai swords and I'm going to sell them. And, uh, and so now he's, he's out there. Uh, he's, he's apparently got some guy named Hoyt McGarity, um, which I think is like the, <laughs> just like the best name I've ever heard in my life. Hoyt <sighs> McGarity. Um, is he, that's he's amazing. The, that's the guy who's going to run the, he's going to be the CEO of this new hey, distribution speaking company. Speaking of funny names. Yeah. Uh, did you did you see that the the college football player named Kobe Buffalo Meat? <laughs> There's a college football player at like a, a D1 school. His name is Kobe, like Kobe Bryant. And yeah. his last name is Buffalo Meat, all one word. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Uh well well Hoyt McGarity is is the now gonna run Mayuara's distribution in the United States. So they should have um, got Kobe Buffalo meat. Who would have yeah, been a better better man for right. a job? Right. Uh, so anyway, any any thoughts on Mayuara coming to a store near you? 
Uh, it sounds like when uh, all these like luxury brands like Coach and Louis Vuitton went down market to make a lot shitload more money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it sounds yeah. like the same thing. Like it's it's. Right. I, I'm guessing that quality will decrease, but uh, they will be more available. So I don't I don't know. It's 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 interesting. One more one more brand. Why not? But uh, right. yeah, it just sounds like a, a a way to make more money, which is sensible. So right. Uh, all right. Couple other quick hits. U.S. Open. U.S. Open has increased its purse to twelve million dollars. Um, I thought the, I mean, whatever. They're they're increasing purses in golf. Um, you know, not that not that interesting. But I thought it was interesting that as part of the same announcement, they said that they're also going to add five hundred thousand dollars to the U.S. Women's Open purse um, to make that a five million dollar purse. Um, and the tournament is going to be at Trump National Bedminster this summer. So uh, I don't know. I don't the know. The Women's Open. Any, yeah, the women's open this summer is at a Trump course. I I was more thinking about the purses because we've talked about this before. Yeah, but like, uh, how can they keep going up? Like, or, or it's it, it feels like there's a bubble, a purse bubble. Uh, that that, that and or then, I was thinking that maybe there's just less. It's only the PGA Tour that's gaining. Like maybe this is why the European Tour is struggling so much. Is that you know they? It's like it's it's, it's all the purses are starting to it's like shifting share. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it could be, but but then the women's thing isn't really explained by that. Five million? Yeah, it's a five okay. million purse to win so, the US so, Women's so, Open. Yeah, a little less than half of. Okay, so so let's just be super simplistic about it and say uh, a little less than half the purse. So does that mean a little less than half the people are watching? No fucking yeah, I, way. Yeah, like, I don't. Way yeah. less than half the people of the U.S. Open or watching the U.S. Women's Open. Right. I don't understand the economics, is what I'm saying. Well, I do know that the... Darren Ravel on this. Well, know? I do know that the Just U.S. Weighing in on, Open... weighing in on sports economics like I really know some shit, even though I don't know anything. The the purses in the LPJ Tour, nothing compares to the U.S. Women's Open. It's like the U.S. Women's Open is, like, you know, might be twice as big as the next biggest tournament. That's how. That's how much... And I think it's partly because... Every time the U.S. Open purse goes up, they're not going to like not increase the purse for the Women's Open because it seems you know sexist in some way or the other. And so I think I feel the like US that's w- stupid. It's just irrational that they should move together. Well, it's not either sexist. Way, well, either way, the I, I do think that there's the bubble might be in the U.S. Women's purse side because I, I that purse is out of whack with other purses on the LPJ Tour. Uh, okay, well. I don't know. That tournament is definitely on- losing money. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Any thoughts on the whole Trump National, you know, course being, uh, you know, the host for a women's open? All the golf people are all buddy buddy with Trump, so I don't know. I and I they I don't. Yeah, it's the last professional sports organization that's going to make women or men that's going to make a stand against Trump. Uh, for a million different reasons. So, no. And you know what? I don't even care that much. Like, I don't want... Like, I, I've said this before, but I don't look to the... Uh, th- look, I don't look to golf for uh, making, like, you know, social progressive stands or whatever. Like, I don't... That's not... The, the, I just sort of keep those two things separate in my mind. I don't need, I don't need like, Jordan Spieth out there, uh, you know, advocating for, uh, you know... Uh, equal rights for all and, and, and stuff like that because it would seem it would be like disingenuous and weird and whatever. Right. it's just not golf golf right. is a very a very like 
uh, kind of close, privileged, not not equal uh, sport in a lot of ways. And so I don't need it to be, uh, I don't need it to, to take on, put on some facade of like, oh, now we're all socially aware and whatever. So I, I yeah, I don't really care that much. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, moving on. So the Ryder Cup. Um, so uh, Jim Furyk has made some changes to the point system. Um, basically, he's made it so that winning a regular tour event um, is not depressed compared to getting a top three to five finish in a major. Um, <clears throat> and he actually said it was really interesting. He said that um, the reason he did this in, was that. So, sorry to. Sorry, can I just. So, as in, you get the. you So, before, if you got a top three to five in a major, you got more points than if you won a regular tournament. Is that what you mean? Well, it's so the way that the points are determined is based on the dollar figures that, a, um, that happen at that tournament and majors the year of the Ryder Cup, get 2x the number of points per dollar. So what happens is if you finish, like, let's say, top three at a, at a major, that's more points than you would get for winning, like, a, a lesser tour event, like a Valspar championship. Well, the, 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 is the whole point of that that they just don't want to have the uh, major winners not be in the tournament, basically? They should just say, they should just say if you won the major, you're on the team. <laughs> and then they don't wow. need a multiplier. I guess. I guess. I mean, what they, but I guess the, his idea was so last year at Oakmont, he finished third, I believe, either second or third. Um, and he almost made the team. And he was like, I played like shit last year. There's no reason I should have been on the team. I should have even been considered. Um, but I, and this was what I thought was super endearing about Jim Furyk was like, I don't think I should have made the team last year. And the fact that I was even in consideration made me think, why am I even in consideration? And he looked back at the points and he was like, I got more points for finishing third than I did for, you know, like, I, he, I guess his point was, I'd rather you win a tournament. And because you had the balls to win a tournament down the road and, you know, like, and then, you know, compete under pressure and win. That is more important to me than like, you know, somehow backdooring top five into a, into a, in a major. And so I just yeah. thought it was super interesting. I think the re I think the recency thing is, is, is equally, uh, important, you know, just the, you know, getting people that are in form at the right time. But, yeah. uh, yeah, that's good. I like that. I like that about Furyk. I like that he used himself as an example and all that. That's a good thing. So, yeah. Uh, uh yeah, the only thing I I'm like a little that. worried about is that this might be bad for Phil. So Phil hasn't won in four years. Um, you know, the last time he won was when he won the major open championship in 2013. But like the way he starts to make these teams is that he doesn't play a ton of other tournaments. He does kind of early in the season when his kids are in school. And then the summer when his kids are off, he's not playing as much. He's only playing the majors. And so um, the way he makes these fields is generally because he like top fives majors and top who's majors. Um, and so I'm not sure it's going to make any difference because Phil's going to be on the team regardless, but like, you know, a guy like Phil doesn't, you know, this, this may not be in, in his best interest. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I should like study the point system a bit, bit better because I don't really know how it works too well. And now I'm thinking back to the last Ryder cup and I mean, was there anyone from the last team in on points that was like, just a massive bummer where like if we would have fixed Johnson. the system, eh, but so Johnson won, I don't the, know. he had won the, he had won the open at St. Andrews and, um, and from two years previous to when the Ryder cup was being played or like a year and a half before that or whatever. And basically that was what he ended up, you know, that was this, that was maybe 70% of his points were from that event. <laughs> yeah. 
that's a good example. I'm trying to think about, and now it's just because I don't remember that well. But like, um, like you know, would have would have would it have been better to have given someone else the automatic qualifying spot and then use the captain's pick that that other person probably <laughs> took? So I don't know. Let's just pick. Uh, I don't know who's a good who's a captain's pick. Was like, uh, uh, I don't know who do they. It was like uh, Ryan Moore or something. I yeah. Don't know. So so Ryan Moore, qual. Uh, so so Johnson doesn't qualify. Ryan Moore does, and then you can use that captain's pick for someone else. It's like so you're not going right. to use it for Johnson. We got someone else that we're going to use it for. Like I don't know. I just I I don't I don't know that it. Like, has it really screwed us over that bad in the first place? Probably not. But yeah. but I do think that it's cool that Furyk is, like, one, thinking about that kind of stuff, and two, like, uh, you know, he, he, I've heard a couple of his interviews. He is, like, a pretty, you know, frank, matter-of-fact, uh, uh, not self-centered type of guy. Right. So. Yeah. All right. So uh, last two uh, things. Actually, really quickly on Furyk, I thought it was funny, um, speaking of his uh, being frank, um, he he pulled a Stenson slash Woodland um, <laughs> in his own way. He didn't take off his shirt or his pants or both, like in Stenson's case. Um, but he ended up taking his shoes off to hit a, sh- a shot barefoot um, because he thought he was going to slip or something like that. Uh, and so because it was like on like a, a wet piece of uh, ground. Um, and I thought it was funny because that's like, you know, you've got the Stenson, you know, who's like, I'm willing to take off everything. You've got Woodland who's willing to take off his pants. And you've got Furyk who's like, mm, I'm willing to take off my shoes. <laughs> so... <laughs> Fierk would like you know uh, blind the entire gallery with his skin <laughs> if, he, if he showed any more than the absolute minimum. Yeah, you ever uh, seen him I, with his hat off? His dome <laughs> is like a white piece of printer paper. It's like insane. Like that dude. Um, that dude you is should, without. You need to that? Google. You need to Google Stuart Sink tan line. Uh, oh my God! It is. It is, <laughs> is this like when we did that when we when we like live Googled Swass on the pod that one time? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's so bad. Uh, uh, golfer right, well, tanline, look, golfer tanline is hilarious. Yeah. Um, so I'm anyway, look, up there. I'll look it up while you're uh, talking about other stuff. All right. Well, so I got two other quick hits. Um, one's uh, one's about Rory because we can't go a podcast without talking about Rory. Uh, so golf.com released an email chain that he had with a reporter. And there was a bunch of notable quotes uh, in there that I'll, I'll, I'll touch on. But the the thing that I want to sort of express here is... Um, oh, my God. <laughs> Stuart Sink. Yes. He looks like Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> you remember when Cisco dyed his hair silver? Yes. Sang the thong song? Yeah. Yeah, he looks like Cisco. Yeah. That's how, that's the, that's how drastic it is. <laughs> oh, my God. It looks like he's in blackface. <laughs> if you, I'm not joking. If you actually, it looks like he painted his face. Oh my god! Wow. I've never seen that before. I think part of it's like the lighting. Yeah. But I it it is it's crazy. Oh my god. Yeah. What does he do? He just must wear a hat literally everywhere he goes because otherwise you'd look like a fucking fool with what he's got going on. You must always wear a hat. Oh, uh, yeah. Holy so, uh, shit. all right. Okay. So you were saying, yeah. So, um, so Rory, uh, was, <clears throat> had a back and forth with a reporter from golf.com 
um, and a bunch of Noto quotes. But the thing that I, I think the biggest takeaway from this whole thing was, dude, Rory, can we seriously get you some hobbies? Like, stop talking to golf reporters. Um, we don't need to hear the same exact shit every single week. Like, like, he's he's clearly not. So he's not playing. He's not playing soccer or football, as he calls it, with his friends, because you know he's worried about breaking an ankle like he did last time. Um, but like, I, 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 like someone, someone get him an Xbox. You know, someone get him a, a Netflix subscription or something, because this dude is on the media every single week. Um, you know, talking to somebody about the same shit. But he did have some interesting quotes that I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out and get your reaction to. All right, number one, I am progressing well and will be able to hit wedge shots starting next week. Any thoughts? No. All right. I Good for find him. Mys- <laughs> I find myself watching a lot of golf on TV over the past few weeks. Because of the jet lag, I've been up uh, early so I could watch my good buddy Sergio get the win in Dubai. Any thoughts? Uh, uh, I don't know. What, what, do you have any thoughts on this? Like, I, I don't <laughs> These are the most interesting quotes that I pulled from the thing. So we're, we're, I'm going to keep going through them real quick if, if you don't have thoughts. It's, well, we're sort of okay. a speed round. Okay. Next one. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Coldplay. Any thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. stop there. Yeah. Seriously, you I, said I, I, I'm I, a I huge fan of Coldplay? I used to the world. Yeah, yeah, I knew this is where we were going to get you. Good, great. I love this. Oh, my God. Today, you said that, like, recently? Yeah. yeah. Was, is, so going back to the discussion of, like, would you want to, what would you rather be a fly on the wall for? A SB2K conversation about Stevie OK and Blink 182 or a Rory McElroy conversation about the merits of Coldplay? Yeah. I guess in the case of both, if they're both into, like, early early Coldplay or early Blink-182 that I could maybe see it a bit more, but that's that, just the idea that he would say that is really funny. I'm a huge fan of Coldplay. <laughs> that's like and, a, that's like a Will Ferrell, you know, like Will Ferrell's like kind of dad character that he plays a lot, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. like a Will Ferrell, that's a Will Ferrell in, at the beginning of old school, you right. know, kind of a quote when he's talking about going to Home Depot and stuff. <laughs> well, um, actually pretty nice little Saturday. We're, uh, we're going to go to Home Depot. Yeah, buy some wallpaper, maybe get some flooring, stuff like that. Maybe Bed Bath & Beyond, I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. (laughs) Like, he would throw in, like, you'd throw in, like, I'm a huge fan of Coldplay, you know? Right, yeah, right. And that Will Ferrell, like, you know, dad dad character that he does. The other thing that's funny about this is all of these quotes are things that Rory emailed the guy so this wasn't a this wasn't a like back and forth that they're having conversation where like it maybe slips like you know rory says it rory had to write this down had to reread the email a couple times before he sent it probably had an editor read the email before he sent it to make sure he didn't say anything dumb either so at some point nobody thought to you know to to replace coldplay with anything else you know it wasn't a slip in any way it was like a legitimate Uh, action i love i'm a huge fan of coldplay Oh, that's great. Yeah. What do you well, think Rory's after, favorite Coldplay he, song is? I was just going to say, after he, like, you know, smash, like, right when he smashes his 300 yard drive, I was saying, like, mashed potatoes, we can just be like, yellow! <laughs> <laughs> or oh. Eddie, pick your Coldplay song. Fix yeah. you! <laughs> so he gets his drive. Oh, that'd be awesome. I feel like if I were an enterprising fan, 
and yeah. the Pebble Beach, Pebble Beach. Is he playing at Pebble? I don't remember. I no, don't, no, don't Rory know. doesn't. Rory doesn't play until the WGC Mexico City because he's injured. Remember? Okay. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. That would be a good. One. That would be a good one to yell. Well, we'll all right. Next for when he comes back. All right. Next couple. Um, I think modern golf equipment has brought players much closer together. It's more difficult to separate yourself from before. So as dominant as Tiger Woods. Um, he may have been more dominant with a blot of ball and persimmon driver. And this was the guy was talking about, like, what would you think you could do with, like, old old equipment? And his his response was, I should think that Tiger would be more dominant if he – and, and you know, by extension, maybe I would be more dominant if I had to play with the old equipment because new equipment actually lets not-so-good players play pretty well. That's a pretty thoughtful answer. I think that there's – I you know, we don't, we don't know the – I don't think either of us could know the real truth to that, but – uh, I think it's like a an interesting argument that uh, yeah. that because it, I know as a golfer, you know, an amateur golfer, that in- equipment advances raise the average. Like, right. like everybody, everybody's like you know gets a little bit better at stuff because they've created massive drivers that have way more forgiveness and all this kind of stuff. So, especially a player that I, I, I think Rory actually might have a better argument than others potentially because he's so uh, good off the tee um, that especially someone like that uh, that has a real big advantage off the tee um, you could think well if I could put a wood club in everyone's hand and then all those like Phil Mickelson's of the world that are like spraying it everywhere like now just <laughs> right. like hitting it OB instead of into the rough I don't know maybe, maybe there's something to I have no idea but maybe there's something to that argument it's an interesting thought I, yeah, I don't know how you kind of prove it out, but it is an interesting thought. Right. So next one, uh, they asked about Patrick Reed. He said Patrick Reed is the ultimate is the ultra comp- is ultra competitive by nature, but he does it in the right spirit. He wants you to play great. He just wants to play better than that. I appreciate that about him. Like it, like the quote, like the. Uh, I, <laughs> I like love the, it. I like the friendly rivalry that they have. That's good. Yeah, I think it's and it actually makes me think like. I'm I'm still kind of out on Patrick Reed, but I'm kind of inching closer to being maybe maybe like you know if I was 100 percent out on Patrick in. Reed, maybe I'm like okay, maybe I'm like only 20 percent in now, but it's a way more than I was before. Uh, it's like no, I'm I don't already know. in because now now that I know what he is and, and yeah. he's so transparently what he is, you know, it's yeah. it's kind of it's like Russell Westbrook, you know, or something where sure. he's he's a maniacal like dick. But he's like fun to watch because right. you know he's just he's just doing what he does and, and it's completely genuine. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm I'm in now. I'm I'm full 180 on on uh, Patrick Reed. <laughs> All right. All right. Last quote. Um, the greatest impact made on my. So they they asked him about like the who's who made the, who's made the greatest impact on the course and off the course. Um, the on the course one was some doctor that helped him like you know uh, figure out that his back was was bad and that he needed to like get in shape in order to you know, protect his back. Um, but then it, talking about his off course one, I was like, oh, okay, well, basically Rory like gave away his wedding vows. Um, here he goes. The greatest impact on my off course life has definitely been Erica. The only way I can describe it is 36, 25, if golf were to disappear tomorrow, I don't think I'd miss it as much as I would have a few years ago. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't care. Why? That's, well, that's a very nice thing to say. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It's nice. 
that's that's a nice thing to say. You're right. <laughs> All right. All right. So last quick hit I got is um, Magnolia Landing Golf and Country Club in North Fort Myers, Florida. Um, probably not far from uh, when, when you go to Florida. That's where my parents live. Yep. So you can you can go you can go to the Magnolia Landing Golf and Country Club and visit this place. Uh, a guy, some someone named Art, um, was uh, playing at the course when a alligator grabbed him by the foot and dragged him into the water. Art, no who shit. happened to be yeah yeah Art, who happened to be holding his putter at the time of the attack, used it to his advantage, hitting the ten foot reptile until it let him go. He says, I remember having a club in my hand, and as soon as I uh, he had me in the water up to my waist, I started hitting him over the head. I started hitting him in the eye socket. I hit him three times, and he let go of my foot. So I crawled back, and, uh, and by that time, the guys you know, in his group were there. Um, and so, uh, so yeah. Uh, so this – you know that this guy is going to be named Chubbs by his his friends the rest of <laughs> rest of life, right? Hopefully, yeah, he definitely earned it. So he was putting, and an alligator snuck up on him and grabbed his leg. I was trying I to like put this in my mind's eye and be like, just trying to play out how this would actually happen. Yeah, I, was, I don't, I don't understand. He's he's near the green, maybe putting. Yep. And an, yep. a sneaky alligator, a silent alligator, comes up behind him, grabs his leg, and then he stabs it with his putter repeatedly. Yeah. And that's how he gets free. Yeah. This seems sensationalized. I don't believe it. Well, I feel like this happens a lot with these stories, but uh, yeah. I don't it's, know. It's, I, it's, it's, it's a bit Florida. of a... That's true. If Florida... You know, Florida man. You know, you know the whole Florida man thing. <laughs> Flor- Florida man. Uh, Florida man survives putting green alligator attack by stabbing alligator in eye with putter. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That fits in the Florida man like uh, you know genre pretty well. Yeah, that's it. So anyway, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, a big big week of stories. Uh, lots of quick hits to get to. Um, so I guess. Uh, I guess maybe we shout out all of the fans who've been um, listening in oh, drones yeah. this last uh, last couple of weeks. I'm gonna take a look at that, but before I do, did you get shot at at work this week, or no? Is that is that better now? <laughs> no, nah, not now. They know not to come up in my hood. You know, I uh, fought back, and so <laughs> yeah, you, you won, mic'd them. Yep, exactly. That's good. Good for you. <laughs> okay, I was just checking. I don't. You never know. Right. All right. Uh, how else can we kill time until I can find these uh, find these stats? All right, also, remember, remember that um, you know to rate us on iTunes. Uh, the the yeah. ratings definitely help. And um, oh, and uh, you know if you want, we're, we're I don't know what's going on with the Spotify, but you know we're gonna keep trying to put our music up on there. Um, that or Apple Music and uh, on. And yeah, we, we just want to shout out a whole bunch of listeners. Um, the UK has been killing it. Uh, Twenty listeners yeah. in the last couple weeks here. Um, so lots of lots our of listenership of is is up, which I yes. find surprising. This is the first time I looked at this in a while. It's uh, great. I don't know why, but uh, thank you for listening. All right, should we do some shoutouts? Yeah, uh, let's do it. Okay. Shout out to so, Northampton, yep. Canterbury, yeah, both uh, UK. Yeah, uh, Methuen, Massachusetts. I don't know. Is that uh, maybe you know where that is? Uh, 
New Hampshire. Oh, check this one out. This can't be a. Do you, do you see what I see with this city name? It's like <laughs> yeah. It's okay. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna spell it because it's so funny. It's so stupid. It's capital L, lowercase L, A N F A I R P W L L G Y N G Y L L. This Wanfair Pool Gwingil. Shout out to you. That's not a real place. Well, I have Googled it and it hold on. Well, while you're doing that, while you're doing that, let me shout out some other places. Shout out Scottsdale. Uh, shout out Minneapolis. Shout out Morton and Marsh, United Kingdom. That's that's that sounds pleasant. Shout out Pflugerville, Texas, and it's Pflugerville with a P at the beginning. P F. Yeah, Pflugerville, Texas. That's it. Yeah. That's I'm, all right. That's all I got. Well, and of, of course, Sarnia. We love we love uh, being Sarnia on the Wait, is Sarnia time. on the list? Did, did uh, we get oh yeah, Sarnia? they were right right above uh, Lundflare Plug and Wheel. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, of course. Shout out Sarnia. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, Lonfair, so... Will Gwyngill, Paul Gwyngill. <laughs> there are. Hold on. Let me just say this. There yeah. are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen consonants in a row. Unless you count Y as a vowel. But still, that's absurd. Uh, it's a large village community on the island of. Anglesey in Wales, situated on Mayonnaise Strait, next to Britannia Bridge Wait, and across from the Strait of Seymour. Did you say Mayonnaise Strait? Is that is that how it is? Is it what? What is it? How did you? Well, it sounded like Mayonnaise Strait. I don't know what oh, it is. Oh, sorry, no, no, no. I, I said Mayonnaise. M E N A I. Oh, I see. Okay, so not Mayonnaise Strait. Maybe it was Mayonnaise Mayonnaise Strait. Um, anyway, I don't know. Uh, apparently, it's it was it's a. Um, <laughs> it was the uh, long form of the name was invented for promotional purposes in the 1860s. Um, it, it's th- this is actually the short name. There's a 58 character version of the name that makes it. So the, this is uh, like the equivalent of being like, of like yeah. uh, being like, uh, yeah, uh, I'm from super califragilistic Caledonia, North Dakota, or whatever. Like. It's just it's just putting yourself on yeah. the map with a crazy name is what they're doing. You know that Naomi Watts is from here though, right? Really? Yeah, I'm notable people. I want to. I, I want to look up. We're gonna cut in uh, into the editing here. We're gonna cut in like a, a correct pronunciation of this because it defies it defies English language like norms. Like there's no way to do this correctly if you just try yeah. to use all the rules of the English language, English language. you just can't pronounce yeah. this thing it's up the road from Flan by the push wingish go get a quin drop off to Cilio go 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 uh, yeah. alright well, well anyway we spent a lot yeah. of time on that one, hopefully you yeah. guys come back uh, you know that was, we gotta come up with a nickname for you guys we'll think about it but uh, yeah hopefully that that city of listeners comes back. Yeah. So thanks all right. for all the listens uh, this last week. And, um, you know, it's been a little tough with, uh, obviously, Alex um, traveling. But uh, we're trying to get you guys every week. And, um, yeah, we will. I guess I guess we'll talk next week, buddy. All right. Domo Arigato. Please tell me you're going to play Domo Arigato, Mr. Rubato. I'm pre-currency, post-language, anti-label, pro-famous. I'm Broadway Joe name it Kanye's best prodigy he ain't signed me but he proud of me 
I got some ideas that you gotta see Make a vid with Shorty and they ship it like the Odyssey They never seen a rapper practice modesty I never practice, I only perform I don't even warn, I don't eat it warm I won't be reborn I speak to God in public I speak to God in public He keep my rhymes in couplets He think the new shit jam I think we mutual fans I used to dance to Michael I used to dance in high school I used to pass out music I still pass out music The people's chant must be everything the people can't be I'm getting artsy farsy House full of some Hebrew Brantleys You must have missed the come up I must be all I can be Call me Mr. Mufasa I had to master stampedes I made it through, made it through, made it through And everything I gave to you I gave to you, I gave to you You got it, you got it, you got it It's coming, it's coming So are you ready? Are you ready?